So Money episode 90, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. Happy Saturday. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Today, we are in Florida. My husband and baby, we took a flight to Florida to escape the winter in New York, as it is, this unending winter. Um, We're here visiting some of our in-laws and having a great time. Hope you're having a wonderful Saturday also. Uh, As it is Saturday, I start every show with a reading of one great review left by a listener, by a fan on iTunes, and this person is going to receive a free 15-minute money session with me. So I hope you are listening. I want to say thank you to Kanisha. Kanisha writes, I rave to all my friends about So Money, and I listen to it multiple times a day when driving, when washing dishes, and when cooking dinner. I even recommended So Money to my lawyer. I read Farnoosh Tarabi's book, When She Makes More, twice, once to review it for a magazine I wrote for, and the second time to pour over it carefully and make note of all the tasks I needed to undertake as a newly engaged breadwinning woman. After I finished the agreement, I'm getting disabled. After I finished the book, I wanted some more Farnoosh money wisdom and was delighted about her podcast. Thanks to Farnoosh, I have a loving, clear premarital agreement. I'm getting disability insurance. I'm making great progress on paying off my $90,000 in student loans from Harvard. And I'm deftly navigating the challenges of being a 30-something breadwinning woman. So money is great for anyone of any age and any income level who cares about their financial future and who wants to live in clarity and abundance. Enjoy. Whew, that was a marathon of a review, Kanisha. I'm so grateful. I'm so honored. Thank you so much. Um, you win. You won a 15-minute free money session with me. I hope we'll connect. Email me, farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com, and I'll get you on the calendar, and we can talk about those student loans, or we can talk about being a breadwinning woman. I'm so excited that you've actually taken a lot of my advice and and uh, enacted it in your personal life and happy to see that, the, that you're seeing results. And very excited to share that When She Makes More is coming out in paperback later this month, April 29th at a lot at a much lower price point and uh, a new cover. And so I'm really excited to unveil that in a few weeks. In the meantime, you can pre-order it, of course, at Amazon. All right, let's get to today's questions. And by the way, if you're listening for the first time and wondering, how do I connect with Farnoosh and send her a question? It's really simple. Just hop on to somoneypodcast.com and click on Ask Farnoosh. It's a tool there on the site, on the homepage, and you can ask away. And we have a question now here from Christina. She says, Farnish, I love your show. I recently started a new job. I had a 401k from my old company and I started a new 401k with my new company, which matches at 3% and vests at 7.5% of my salary, which I will get after three years. A representative from my old 401k called to talk to me about options. He encouraged me to start my own Roth IRA and roll over the money from the old 401k into that and keep dumping money into the IRA controlled by me as I switch companies throughout my career. Should I do this or should I roll over the money into my new employer's 401k plan? 
All right, Christina, this is a really good question. And this is kind of a situation where you have to weigh the pros and cons. And of course, this representative from your old 401k has his own interests, right? He wants you to um, perhaps move the money into a Roth IRA at his company, I assume, because he wants to keep your money with their bank. Uh, there are a lot of advantages, as, we, as we've talked about on the show, about Roth IRAs, right? The main advantage is that the money grows tax-free. You get to withdraw that money in retirement tax-free, which is a huge incentive. But what we also know about Roth IRAs, folks, right, is that you ultimately will phase out of this as your income increases. And so if you are somebody who is eventually on track to make in the six figures, uh, maybe $150,000 one day, guess what? You're probably not going to be able to qualify for the Roth IRA much after that, um, if at all. So this is something that on the one hand, if you can do it now, you should take advantage of it because it has great tax advantages, but also know that um, this idea of being able to invest in it throughout your career, as this representative has explained to you, is not 100% true, uh, especially if you're planning to make more money. All that said, I do like the idea of a Roth IRA for you right now at this stage in your career. And now that you have some money in your 401k, in your old 401k, you can uh, perhaps decide to roll that over. That could be a good, nice tax benefit for you. Um, you're going to have to pay taxes on that um, rollover potentially. So talk to your um you know, that advisor about that. He Maybe he wasn't so clear on that, but there is going to be a cost to rolling that money over um, because if you're basically taking this money from a 401k, which is a whole different tax setup, to a Roth IRA, which incentivizes you tax-wise in the future, um, but you have to pay taxes on that money uh, at some point, right? So you probably have to, t- you have to pay it now. Um, so just be aware of what those figures will be. And I would say that while it's very convenient to just roll over this 401k at the existing company's Roth IRA, um, maybe you want to shop around, you know, look at some other Roth IRAs out there in the marketplace that might have give you access to more different different kinds of um, investments. And um, if you've got perhaps a, uh, a bank already, a brokerage already, that could be one place to roll that account over to. So I like the Roth IRA. Now, your 401k at work is exceptional with a match. So make sure that you're doing as much as you can there to earn the match and then some. All right, so good luck with that. Good question. Go back to the advisor and ask about the potential tax implications of rolling over that money into a Roth IRA and how much you're going to ma- you might lose as a result. Mary, Mari, Mari, I think, asks, Hi, Farnoosh. Thanks for your podcast. I love it so much. This question has been on my mind for a while. What do you think about offset accounting slash equity optimization? It seems to me a great idea to pay off my mortgage as soon as possible. My husband is a small business owner, me, a stay-at-home mom with three girls, one going to college in two years. I love, love all the info on college this week. Truth in equity website. That's what I'm looking at right now. Is it stupid to pay somebody $3,000 to help me set up the system. Why is nobody speaking about this? Thanks, Mari. All right, Mari. Well, I um, looked into this. I, I have to be honest. I didn't know a whole lot about or anything really about offset accounting slash equity optimization other than, of course, you know, paying your own mortgage down um, more aggressively, putting more towards principal. What Truth and Equity is proposing is that they essentially help you reduce your mortgage payoff to like five to seven years, which is very aggressive because if you're going from like 30 to five to seven, what are they doing? And so I looked into this and I have to say it's not completely straightforward and there isn't a whole lot of 
information about this out there. I, I tried to find critical articles about this or just explanations of this, and it's not out there as much as you would think, um, given that you know it seems like such a hot idea. That said, it's not a scam, so don't worry about that. It's not a scam, but um, the fact is it's not also 100% clear-cut either. And, and if you ask me, if, if I'm going to do something with my money, I want to know exactly what it is, what is going on and what are the implications, what are the risks. Um, you know, I, I just I want to look at it from every angle, and I don't think that the internet really currently has all of these uh, questions answered. So you're going to have to do some more research, and I'm probably going to have to, you know, ask some people around to learn more about this. But for our time today, I will say that I looked into this, and from what I understand, how this works is that you pay Truth and Equity a fee, which you said is about $3,000, to help you essentially acquire a home equity line of credit which you then use to pay off your mortgage. So the HELOC essentially replaces your mortgage. So the mortgage is more or less gone, whatever bank you are with, no more. Now you have this HELOC uh, and the HELOC replaces your mortgage and then you take your paycheck, your entire paycheck and deposit that into the HELOC every single month. And from there, you use the HELOC to pay your bills. It's kind of like a credit card because a HELOC is essentially a line of credit um, somehow that is supposed to get you to pay off the home loan faster, um, something to do with amortization and interest. And again, this is where I kind of got lost and I kind of got it, but it, to explain it now in layman's terms was like impossible for me. So if I'm having issues with it, you know, that might say something. I would also caution you that with a HELOC, unlike a traditional mortgage, the, the interest rate is typically a variable interest rate. And if your husband is a small business owner, he's already taking on enough risk as it is, being that he is a, an entrepreneur. Does he really want to now f- enter some sort of you know, home financing with an interest rate that is unpredictable? You know, it's kind of comforting to know what your payment is every single month. With a HELOC, you don't know necessarily. That could fluctuate. I also like having my money sit in the bank where there is FDIC insurance. With the HELOC, I'm not really sure what the insurance is, you know, what the situation there is. If, for example, um, the bank goes under, what happens to your HELOC? So these would be my immediate questions and my immediate red flags. Of course, it is attractive to be able to get out of a mortgage sooner than later and know that you can kind of do this on your own with your existing mortgage by paying an extra payment every year towards principal, putting a little bit more towards principal every single payment period, um, or refinancing it to a 15-year mortgage. Look, there are a lot of ways to do it, a lot of ways to um, slice and dice it, but I think that before you give anybody your money to do something that you're not really sure about and that I'm not really sure about, well, you want to take your time and you don't want to press the accelerator on this. and You want to do your homework and ask a lot of questions, but I, I appreciate the question. It's good that you're asking this, and I'm glad you haven't already gone through with it. I think there's a lot of unanswered uh, queries. So let me know how it goes. If you end up doing this or not, I'd be curious to see how it all works out for you. Jean writes in, she says, hey, Farnoosh, I'm a big fan of yours. I want to thank you for being such a devoted servant, helping thousands with your time and talents. My goodness, Jean, thank you so much. She says, I personally appreciate it and suggested your podcast to my wife. Well, thank you. Jean says, I'm a radiology technologist. I like what I do. However, my burning desire is for public speaking on motivation and empowerment, basically motivating people and empowering them with the necessary tools to take charge of their lives personally. What's your advice for me on where to start, considering that I'm 38, father of two, and a husband with family responsibilities and debts as well? 
All right, Jean. Well, I, I applaud you for identifying that you have a passion and that you want to follow this passion. I think that not enough of us do this. A lot of us are just shuffling papers nine to five and we're unhappy and we know we're unhappy, but we're afraid to really understand and face what we truly want to do and, and to start thinking about how to accomplish that. So I love that you've written in and I thank you for um, you know listening to the podcast and sharing it with family. If I were you, you know, 38 you're not that much older than I am, and I would hate to think that, you know, it's over at 38. Certainly not. It's very, you're very, very young, and you have a lot that you can do still in your lifetime. And I would begin by establishing my authority in this particular niche of, you know, helping people through motivation tactics to get, you know, to take charge of their lives personally. I would even be more specific about that. Like that's a very broad um, agenda, you know, a, a broad message. It's, you know, I would try to figure out who is my target audience. Are you looking to help men, women, people early in their careers, people transitioning in their lives, you know, as specific as possible, because that's what's going to ultimately differentiate you from the marketplace. So being really clear about what your motivation is, who you want to help, who is, as they say, your avatar, kind of your ideal listener, your ideal client. And that way you can really cater your message and your literature around this and and really differentiate yourself because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot in the marketplace, a lot of noise and you want to be able to stand out. So that's step one. I would say step two is giving some small talks, maybe even starting out as a panelist among a few others at local events or area events. Start talking to people you might know at colleges and universities in the neighborhood, at the business schools, at the entrepreneur programs, um, at career networking events, professional networking events. I think this might be a good audience for you to be in front of and to start also testing your message, you know, getting comfortable speaking in front of people and starting small as always best because you can mess up and that's okay. It's a small audience and they'll forgive you. On top of that, I would say really got to get an online presence going. If you don't have a blog already or a website that explains who you are and what your mission is and a little bit about you, do that. Invest in that. And that doesn't take a lot of time. There are a lot of people out there that can help you with that. Go to elance.com and find a great web designer at a price that you can afford to help you. Or go to uh, you know a site like Odesk or TaskRabbit. Maybe somebody can help you with your online presence. And then on that website, of course, you want to have great pictures, a great bio. I would also include some videos of you because if you want to establish yourself as a respected speaker and a trusted speaker, people who are going to hire you want to see you know, how you sound and what you're like in, during your speeches. And so if you have even just a quick two-minute kind of, hi, my name is Jean, here's what I do, here's what I'm passionate about, you know, just kind of like an explainer video like I have on my website at somanypodcast.com, I think that can go a very long way. It can be part of kind of the package that you give to people when you say, look, I'd like to speak at your conference or your event. Here's more about me. and Here's a, a little clip about what I love to do. It, it just adds, I think, to your marketing and to your branding. And then I would also say is that, now this isn't going to be overnight, but I would start to really think about perhaps putting all of your ideas and organizing all of your ideas into an ebook. Uh, this is really simple to do these days, simpler than, you know, shopping around for a book publisher. But on that website of yours, I would include um, an ebook to give to your followers. Have them sign up for your email newsletter, and in return, they get a free ebook. That's, it doesn't have to be long. It can be 25 to 50 pages of just kind of your, your best 
practices, your best advice, going back to, again, that target audience that we talked about earlier. So as you can see, this is a multi-pronged approach, and I don't want to overwhelm you, but I get really excited when people come to me, and for the first time, they're like, I want to pursue my passion. I want to become a respected authority. I want to establish a voice in this marketplace and help people. You know, there are some things you just got to do. They're basics, and I, I hope that I, I was able to convey them to you here in just a short bit of time, but certainly you want to hone in on who is your target audience, get that website going, conduct a few videos that you can have on the site so people can get a sense of you know who you are and your personality, and then reach out to some of the uh, organizations, schools, networking events that would benefit from having you speak to their audience. And maybe you do this for free in the beginning just to sort of establish your, your grounding and your authority and your experience and to also, you know, get comfortable in front of an audience because that's a big part of it, just getting kind of finding your groove. So Jean, thank you for your question. I love questions like this, folks. I love questions that show that you have aspirations, that you are motivated. I really respect when, you know, listeners ask me such forward-thinking questions. I It makes me very encouraged to know that I have listeners like this. And um, I thank you, Jean. Stephanie says, hey, Farnoosh, I would like to strike a balance between saving, paying off debt, and investing. I'm an aspiring entrepreneur with an idea uh, I'm eager to begin executing. It doesn't require a big financial investment, but but there are some startup costs that I will need to incur. On top of that, I also have about $6,000 in credit card debt and no savings to speak of. I have a steady job and income, but most of what I earn goes towards living and paying off this debt. How would you recommend spreading out what's left of my income between saving, paying off debt, and starting my company? So Stephanie, don't quit your day job. That's my rule number one for any aspiring entrepreneur who is looking to transition to not working full-time and focusing full-time rather on their idea. I would say that your biggest task right now is to get out of debt and save as much as possible. Uh, Save at least a few months of your living expenses. I would say six would be a great target uh, before you quit your job. And so do this because as any entrepreneur out there knows, your lifeline is your financial health, your financial well-being. Having a savings cushion to be able to experiment and take some risks with your business idea as you inevitably will have to, but knowing that you can do this with the confidence that you have a nest egg, that if you aren't working for three months and no money is coming in, that you have enough to pay your bills and not fall behind. So having a savings cushion will enable you to really execute your entrepreneurial ideas with with confidence and not to fall back into debt. And I would say if the debt is carrying a very tall interest rate, maybe consider transferring that debt over to a 0% APR uh, card um, where there's no balance transfer fee. And then with that, you can be more aggressive with the pay down and try to get out of debt within that year when that introductory rate um, is, is alive and active. Really just try to downsize your life, get rid of a bunch of expenses. You know, the, the most successful entrepreneurs out there live very minimally in the beginning. Their compass is their business idea and they don't care to have the gym membership. They don't care to have cable. They don't care to have the nicest car. They just pare it down to the bare bone minimum so that they can 
most importantly, shore up some necessary cash to really fuel that business going forward and pay off the debt. Because if you've got debt and you don't have savings, you can't start a business. You just can't. So you have to make that a priority. If that means you know, moving to a more affordable place, whatever you got to do, you got to make some trade-offs right now if this is really your dream. And good luck with this. I want to hear about how it's going and, and uh, your next steps. And Shatella writes and she says, hey, if you cut the podcast down to five or even three days, it would be just fine. <laughs> so this is, I guess, is in reference to a, a week or two ago when I was talking about getting an email from a listener. And this was not an unusual email that I was getting because I at this point, I've heard this now many times. It's like, Farnoosh, you might want to slow down. You know, we've been um, worried about you, perhaps, the the pace of the seven-day-a-week podcast. We were just worried you're never going to be able to maintain this, I guess, because I have all a bunch of other things going on. Oh, and a family. So I appreciate, you know, that my listeners are so caring, so looking after me. And so I, I am kind of wondering, what should I do in terms of the pace? Maybe it is healthier for me to slow down, and would that actually be beneficial to my listeners to have less, you know, be more. And so Chatella is writing and she says, I think five days a week or even three would be fine. She says, I enjoy the podcast, but I even have a hard time keeping up with all of the podcasts. So I can't imagine how you produce the show. Please keep up the good work and feel free to take a day or two off. Well, thank you very, very much for that. I, I so appreciate just just how considerate that was. And I will consider this. I am thinking, you know, I'm approaching episode 100 in just about a week or two. And so maybe that would be kind of a cool milestone to shift gears a little bit. Say, okay, we've reached 100. I've accomplished a lot. Listeners have really benefited. We're thinking of maybe dialing it back a little bit. That's kind of what I'm grappling with. I I like the daily aspect because it differentiates me from a lot of the other podcasts out there. I mean, this is a competitive space. So being daily is really cool. And then, of course, from a monetization level, I'm not monetizing yet, but being daily, make more money. Um, But there's more work and more headache. <laughs> so lots and lots to consider. I'm going to end there. Thanks so much, everyone, for your questions. If you want to send me a question in the future, like I said, just hop on to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, and ask away. And as a reminder, if you'd like to connect with me one-on-one, uh, you can earn the chance by leaving a review on iTunes. I read a review every, I read a fresh review every Saturday at the top of the show, and that person receives a free 15-minute session with me. Okay, so that is a wrap. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Hope to see you back here tomorrow for another edition of Ask Farnoosh. In the meantime, I hope your day is so money.